everyone. This is Jeffrey Kerr, back here with another old interview I conducted. This one was recorded in either late May 2017 or early June of that year, and it was with Jose Lana, who at the time was starring as the King of Siam in the national touring production of Lincoln Center Theater's award-winning revival of Rodgers and Hammerstein's The King and I. So I hope you all enjoy the interview you're about to hear. How has it been touring with The King and I? It's been incredible. We've had so much fun in every city we've been in. We uh, just had a little break. We uh, pretty much finished up the first half of the year, and it's an incredible company, and we've just been having a lot of fun. We are very looking forward to the summer that we've been in. We've been slogging over the winter. I think everyone is looking forward to some warmer weather and wearing the shorts that we packed months ago to turn bring them back out. So now we can actually try to get some tans to sort of match our show. <laughs> so that's good. It's been an incredible time, and we're looking forward to coming uh, to Durham. So, do you remember your first introduction to the piece? My first introduction was 20 years ago. I was a freshman in college when I auditioned for the last revival on Broadway, and I landed part of the young lover, Lone Top, in that revival on Broadway 20 years ago, and I actually made my Broadway debut at 19 in that part opposite Donna Murphy and LaDonna Phillips. When uh, Bartlett Shear asked me to come into the Broadway revival at Lincoln Center a year and a half ago to take over for Ken Watanabe, it was a really profound and very sentimental return to the part. It started my career, and now 20 years later, to come back and play the king has been really special. I was about to ask you, because of your long history with this show, what's it been like revisiting it? Oh, it's been incredible. What's particularly interesting about this production is what Bartlett Shear, our director, wanted to do. He went back to the original script that was written before the out-of-town tryout in 1951, and Rodgers and Hammerstein, initially, they were very progressive writers, and there were a lot more political overtones in the piece that, over time and over edits, had gotten written out, and he specifically wanted to bring them back in, and I think by bringing out the political atmosphere of what was happening in Siam and in Asia and 1862, the constant threat of colonialism from the Western world, constant threat of being conquered and basically overtaken by the Western forces is really relevant today. You know, and I think Bart is always looking to see how a revival of a show can connect to some relevant points uh, in today's audiences, in the audience of, of 2017. And I can't think of a better connection than the politics. The King has a line in the show that was written in 1951 that he was so fearful of the outside world that Sometimes he wants to build fence around Siam. And I can't imagine that having as a relevant a connection to our current president who has said the same thing. And I think a lesson that the king learns, and hopefully a lesson that we like to relay in our show, is that to protect our country, it's not best to build a wall, but to extend a hand of friendship and extend a hand of peace and understanding. And I think that's hopefully the message that we're saying in our show. Let's talk a little more about your director, Bert Leisher, because he having seen his productions of South Pacific and Fiddler on the Roof, I think he truly is a master of reviving these timeless classics. What's he like to work with? Oh, he's incredible, and that's exactly right. You know, I think Bart and I have the same impression that, like, unless you have a new way to present a piece, there's no reason to revive it. When he approaches these revivals and he approaches any show, whether they're revival or original, the most important question is what are you trying to say? And is this piece relevant 
to an audience today and what can they take from it. And that's our power as storytellers. He's very much an actor's director. And he finds a way in through your own personality and through who you are. And I found it an incredible experience to work with Bart. And I think he's helped Laura, Michelle Kelly, and I find our relationship strongly and in mind as well as with Joan Amadilia, who plays my Lady Tiang, my queen. It's been an incredible experience, especially having worked with him going into the Broadway production a year and a half ago. I've had two very different experiences with him. One was going into a production, and now this production, we created it from the ground up with this new company. It's been a great experience. That's the king of Siam. You've been able to perform opposite some great talents as Anna Leonoyan, such as Kelly O'Hara in the Broadway production, now Laura Michelle Kelly on the tour. Now, what would you say is most different about playing off of the two? It's a question people ask me all the time. It's a hard question to answer, especially as an actor, because I really do feel like my king is my king. You know, he is someone who I've hopefully created that comes out of truth and honesty from who I am and who I think my king is. But Laura and Kelly are two very different actresses. I think they approach their honors in different directions, and it's my job to connect with them from my end. So I think they're two very different honors in two very different vibrant ways, and I'll leave it at that. It's hard to explain from an acting perspective, and I think I would fail in words to try to do so. And you're, of course, in the role Yul Brynner made famous both on stage and screen. He was one of 11 performers who managed to win a Tony and an Oscar for the same role. How do you make it your own? The only way I can answer that question is I treat it like an original part. Having my career for 20 years, I've had my own mix of originating parts and also taking over or playing roles that are in revivals. You have to approach each part as an original part. I try not to watch the movie. I remember when I went into rehearsal, I was tempted to go back and rewatch the movie, and the second I put it in, I had to stop it and not think about someone else's performance. A great opportunity for me as a 41-year-old Asian-American man in 2017 I can approach him as someone who is Asian-American, who understands what it's like to be an Asian man. And I think that is a significant difference between the past kings. Like, Lou Diamond Phillips was the first Asian-American man to play the king on Broadway, which is, I find, stunning. And I think it's empowering for me as an Asian-American to help continue to reclaim the part as an Asian-American. America is changing, so we can no longer have the patience for when parts that are written for Asian-Americans to be played by non-Asian-American men. It's empowering, and especially with Lincoln Center last year, we had four Asian men play the king. There clearly is enough of a talent pool of Asian men to play the part. So I think that's maybe something I take advantage of in playing this part. You could almost say the same thing about the engineer in Miss Saigon. Exactly. And I think times are changing, and I think thankfully in, in the 20 years I've been working, I've watched it firsthand. When I moved to New York in 1994 to go to school, I would still see advertisements for canines all the time with Caucasian celebrities playing the king. And I think now that's not allowed. Or if it happens, you'll get some flack for it. And I'm proud of that. I'm very, very proud of that. When you're done with the tour, what are some dream roles you'd love to pursue in the future? My easy answer to that is the part I'm most excited to play is a part that hasn't been written yet. There's a special experience in originating a role. But that said, I, I still have yet to work with Mr. Sondheim. I'd love to, to conquer Bobby or George and Sandy Parker George are the two roles that I kind of covet. We'll see. There might be some exciting things happening in New York next year for a show that I was a part of in the past but we'll see what happens with that. I'm excited to finish the tour. I, I might extend with the tour a little longer, I'm not sure, but right now I'm having a great time with this incredible company, and I think we're taking a really beautiful show around the country right now, and we got to be really grateful for that. So what advice would you like to give to any aspiring young performers out there? My advice is always 
just to practice, obviously, but also to try to see as much theater as you can. Not just musical theater, but go see some opera, go see some ballet, go see some weird avant-garde theater that may not be something you think you might be interested in. Especially as young people, to expose yourself to as many kinds of art can only widen your taste level and maybe inspire you to pursue a part of the industry that you didn't think you'd like before. That's my advice for today. Jose, I thank you very much for devoting your time to this interview, and I hope you have a great time in Durham. Appreciate it. I'll see you there. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. I hope you keep following along for more podcasts, and I'll see you all later. I'd like to build a wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah.